Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Talk some football now because over the last two days, there have been two epic, epic semi-finals in the Champions League. Uh, second leg uh, matchups: uh, Liverpool just getting home yesterday and this morning, um, and, and Liverpool actually getting home after they were down and out. Uh, Second-half performance was quite amazing. Uh, this morning, also is a, a really good performance to come from behind from uh, Real Madrid, who overhauled a goal deficit to win in the end 6-5 on aggregate in extra time. Absolutely brilliant. So it will be Liverpool-Real Madrid, this Champions League final for 2022, to talk uh, about those matchups uh, and to talk about uh, other football as well as our regular football correspondent, uh, and he's one of us anyway, SENZ's very own. Ricardo Ball, good morning to you, my, my old mate. Uh, well, last two days, outstanding, haven't they? They have been absolutely superb, Smithy. I mean, I think I said to you last week that, you know, the Villarreal um, Liverpool game was done. You know, there was no point in a second leg almost because the way Villarreal had knocked out Bayern and Juve, as they sit behind the ball, hit teams on the counter, and I'm like, they're 2-0 down. I can't see them, you know, being able to play more expansively and keep Liverpool out. But for that first half, yesterday. They were absolutely superb. They out-Liverpooled Liverpool, basically, in the way they played, and they were 2-0 up at half-time, and um, it was a superb performance. I saw saw Jurgen Klopp was interviewed post-match, and uh, he said that, you know, he had gone to his video guy and said to him, look, we need to find something in the analysis that's positive of what we've done in the first half, so I can take that to the team, we can build off that, because we want to be positive here. And the, he said the video guy had nothing. We were poor, so poor. We were so bad. We did everything wrong in the first half. Um, so Liverpool were really had their backs against the wall. And I think in a way, Villarreal uh, shot themselves in the foot in that second half because rather than continuing to do what they had been doing so well in the first half, they'd gotten back to parity. And then they went back to game plan A. And it didn't work. Um, and the keeper had a nightmare as well, to be fair, Smithy. I don't know if you saw the goals, but the uh, the first and the third goal for Liverpool yesterday were were both at the fold, fold of the keeper, really. And, um, you know, he'll be inconsolable, you'd imagine. But, yeah, uh, an amazing game, a literal game of two halves. Yeah, amazing, all right. And Manchester City's fans' uh, hearts broken this morning. Um, wow, uh, extra time for them, Um and uh, now this matchup with uh, Real Madrid Liverpool, how, how do you see that? Well, it, it's it's an interesting one for me in that Carlo Ancelotti is just he's been there, done that, he's done it so many times that, uh, and I think uh, the way that the, the players that Real Madrid have got and the way that they go about things, they've just got so much know-how. They've been there before, they've done it before. I mean, this, if they win this time, 
it'll be their 14th European Cup. Um, and Ancelotti just, I mean, just recently he won La Liga with Real Madrid. He's now the only manager to have won all five league titles in the top five nations in, in Europe, um, club titles. So he, uh, he's on a real roll. Uh, he's bossing it. And, you know, Kareem Benzema, what a striker. They've got some great young talent in Rodrigo, who we saw come off the bench today, um, and Vinicius Jr. as well. And then you've just got so much know-how and guile in the, in the midfield. You've got the Casemiro's, the Cruz, and the, and the Modric midfield three, which are just so wily and so experienced. So while Liverpool, I think, will probably treat this a little bit as... Um, Maybe not a revenge tale, but you know we unfinished business because uh, they lost the Champions League final to Real Madrid a few years ago. Um, I know Mo Salah's already tweeted about it that he has unfinished business. I wonder whether or not that might be something that actually fogs their their minds a little bit going into this game. And I just think with the know-how Real Madrid have got, I, I can see Real Madrid winning winning the whole thing. Okay, so let's look at what Klopp's got ahead of him here: the possibility to win four titles. It's it's unprecedented. Really, when you, you you look at the standard of football that they're playing in, where does he place his priorities here, or can he can he just go for gold uh, in all of them with his top players, his top combination as such, or does he have to pace his way through this? For instance, Liverpool, Tottenham this Sunday morning. Well, that's a, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a balancing act. It really is. Um, I mean, the thing that Liverpool have been guilty of. In the past, I think, uh, well, maybe guilty is not the right word, but uh, the thing that they didn't have was depth. They, they really, you know, if you took two or three players out of their starting eleven, they didn't have enough off the bench to to reinforce that, particularly the front three. But they've gone and changed that now. You know, I mean, you've got a midfield where if Jordan Henderson's not playing, Naby Keita can play. Um, you know, you've got James Milner who can come in and play for Fabinho if you need him. Um, you've got a front three that you've got coverage everywhere for, you know. So, you, I mean, I know Salah and Mane are the main guys, but, um, you know, we saw yesterday the uh, the players that they the, that they have brought in being able to go there, you know, the Diego Jotters and the Luis Diaz has come in and, and, and add something. So Liverpool have got depth, but the thing is, as you rightly mentioned, Smithy, they've also got a lot of games coming up because... Mm. They play Tottenham this weekend, and then they have to go to Aston Villa three days later. And then they have the FA Cup final against Chelsea. And then three days later, they're at Southampton in the league. And then five days after that, it's the end of the league with Wolves. So there's no breathing room. Um, And as you said, they can't drop points uh, in the league because Mm. if they want to win the league title, they're a point behind Manchester City. Manchester City have superior goal difference. So they have to keep winning. They have to try and win out and... I think something's going to have to give. I don't. I don't see them getting all four trophies. In fact, I could see a scenario where they just finish with the League Cup. You know, I mean, Chelsea um, have all their focus on the FA Cup final. Uh, they will play a second team against Leeds because they've already made the Champions League next season, so that they can rest their top side for that cup final. And you've got to think. Um, you know, that City are in the box seat for the Premier League as well. Um, and as I've already said, I, I think Real Madrid are probably favourites for the final. So. He, he can't afford to take... He, he kind of needs to play his best team as, as often as he can. Uh, that said, he does have options, but yeah, it really isn't easy. It really isn't easy. And we've seen it before. It's happened to Pep Guardiola before where he second-guessed himself to the point that he's kind of... He's out-coached himself in a way. Uh, and that'll be something that Klopp will have to be mindful of. Talking to uh, Ricardo Ball, of course, a uh, very familiar voice to uh, all of you who listen to SENZ. Uh, looking at uh, EPL matchups uh, this weekend, crucial ones. 
Uh, Liverpool Spurs, we've done that. Okay. Uh, Manchester City, Newcastle. That's an interesting one at the top of the table. But at the bottom, an intriguing one between Leicester City and Everton uh, of all teams. Yeah, and this, uh, I mean, I, I did not see Everton getting that win against Chelsea. Uh, and that really has breathed life into their um, survival chances, I think. Uh, and now if you look at the teams um, that are fighting for survival, really, I mean, no, I think Norwich are definitely already down uh, Watford are all butt down. Roy Hodgson's already walked away, um, and, and and so it's one place between Everton, Burnley, and uh, Leeds really. And uh, if you look at Everton's running, you look at Leeds running, and then you look at Burnley's running. I can't help but thinking uh, that momentum plays such a big part. You know, and Burnley have won I think four of their last five, and they drew the other since uh, they sacked. Uh, their coach um, and and they're going really well and I mean they don't have the worst running they they really don't they've got to play Aston Villa home and away they play uh, Newcastle on the last day as well uh, they have got very winnable matches on the running I think um, whereas Leeds you look at Leeds where they've got to go they've got to go uh, they've got to play Arsenal this weekend in London. Uh, then they've got Chelsea, they've got Brentford, and they've got Brighton as well. So those last two, maybe they'll get something from, but both those teams are still playing pretty good football. Um, and then Everton, well, you know, Everton haven't got maybe the easiest uh, run in either. They they do have a few difficult fixtures, but the thing that they do have now is a bit of momentum in that they mm. have managed to, to get that result against uh, Chelsea. You know, I mean, they play that... Uh, they, they, they've won that. They play Watford as well. They've got, got us play Watford, and you think that's a must-win for them. It is away. Um, they're at Watford, and their away form hasn't been great, but they have to beat Watford. And, uh, you know, if they can do that, I think they'll put enough enough uh, between them and Leeds. They do finish at Arsenal on the last day, and you'd hate to be going to Arsenal with, and, and looking for something on the last day. But in between, they pay they play Palace and Brentford as well. So, uh, I mean, the way I'm looking at it at the moment, I think I think Leeds are probably my favourite to go down, given their runners. Wow. Okay. So they've <coughs> haven't been there long, um, and that's a, actually that is an interest. Uh, quite often, we we also fo- always focus, don't we, Ricardo, on the Premier League and who's going to win it, and who's going to be demoted. But let's have a look from the uh, Championship point of view. Who's going? Who's going up now? Fulham and Bournemouth are going up, uh, but it looks to me it's either Nottingham Forest. Or Huddersfield Town. Now, it would be like Brian Clough days since Nottingham Forest uh, had a, a decent side in Premier League material. And we all know the significance, don't we, financially, of making the jump. We do, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think um, Forest have got to be, uh, for me, have got to be favourites. Uh, the way that they have played, um, they have, they, they, I mean, the start of the season, they were, they were awful. Uh, and they sacked Chris, uh, Chris Hutton, their coach. Um, and they brought in uh, the guy who'd done such a good job with the England uh, England under 20s and under 21s. Uh, he'd done a bit of time as well at um, uh, at Swansea as well. When uh, and 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 he'd got them into into playoff situations too. I think he's he's been key uh, to the way he's turned their form around. I mean, they're very close to going up automatically after a, a horrid start. You know, in the first game uh, that they've got, you know, these these playoffs are home and away. And they've got to play Luton, um, probably, I would say. Luton, uh, I mean, there's one game to go, but Luton are two points clear of Middlesbrough um, in that last promotion place. And Luton, I think, are beatable. I think, you know, Luton, it's almost their final getting top six. So I would say Forrest get past them. And then, you know, they play the winner of what's going to be a 
a, a big um, a Yorkshire derby between Huddersfield Town and Sheffield United, two teams who have recently been in the Premier League as well. But I just think the way Forest are playing at the moment, they're, they're probably the best team in the in the Championship. Uh, they've got some very good players there, and I, I think they will get up. That's uh, that, that's the way I'm leaning. But I mean. You know, we still have one round to go, and things could change. If they don't win their last game, Huddersfield could finish third and have the easier draw. Um, so we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I really like the look of, uh, of of Nottingham Forest. Ricardo, huge game tonight for the Phoenix. Uh, Thursday night football is not that common, but if ever they have to win a game in terms of the playoffs, uh, it is tonight against the Western Sydney Wanderers, and they go in as underdogs. Yeah, it's, it's funny for me that they go in as underdogs um, because, I mean, this is a team they've just beaten 1-0 and they beat them earlier in the season as well. Um, and it's a team that has nothing to play for. They can't make the playoffs. So uh, I'm not entirely sure why uh, they are underdogs. I think they've shown enough that um, we can uh, that, that we'll see them get what they need out of this game. I mean, the thing for them is their last game is against Melbourne City um, next week uh, on the week. I think it's Monday. Uh, Melbourne City played a, a catch-up game last night where they lost 2-0 to Perth. I mean, Melbourne are home and hosed at the top there, you'd think. So um, the first and second team get a week off in the playoffs and then third place sixth and fourth place fifth. And uh, it looks like, you know, they, they maybe got one eye on, on resting everyone up and getting everybody fit for that. Maybe trying a couple of things as well in the last couple of games. But, yeah, I don't I don't see why the Phoenix aren't favourites for this game, or, or at least it should be, you know, evens. But... Um, I mean, we saw that game at Eden Park not long ago against Western Sydney. You know, you know, I know Western Sydney had opportunities, particularly in the second half, they changed their approach. But in the first half, the Phoenix dealt with them very comfortably. In the Phoenix, you could, you could argue, probably could have had two or three more goals. Um, and Western Sydney Wanderers were lucky not to have uh, Keanu Backer sent off. So, yeah, I think, you know, the fact that Gary Hooper is back as well, um, you know, he's their best goal scorer. Uh, he's back fit, and I, I think that's that's really good news. Um, David Ball probably won't be too far away. I know he's had that uh, toe injury he's played with, but he's, he's all taken an, an ankle knock. He missed the weekend, but I imagine he will suit up for this game because this is the game. They, they, they get a win here, and they're guaranteed uh, finals footy. I mean, on the flip side, Sydney FC can make it, but they have to win out, and they've got to go to Melbourne and, and beat the victory and I can't see them doing that so I think it's really in the Phoenix's hands and I expect them to win tonight Good stuff uh, Ricardo Paul there just finally mate uh, 7 million quid for Maradona's Hand of God shirt uh, just recently fetched mm. at auction that's a lot of money uh, 7 million quid I suppose um, Maradona had uh, various bills which were around about 7 million bucks before he passed away but um, <laughs> you're surprised you're surprised at that no, not really. Uh, I, I, I'm just happy for Steve Hodge, you know. He's not exactly a household name, but at the end of that game that the hand of God happened at, you know, he went over and swapped shirts with Maradona. Um, and he's obviously just banked it, you know. He's just had it sitting there thinking, all right, there's my retirement. Uh, I'm sorted. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it might actually go for a little bit more than it, than it did. And I know there's been... Um, the Argentinian FA got hold of Hodge recently and said, can you please take it off auction and we will just pay you for it. We want it. Um, and he was like, no, you can turn up at the auction if you want it. So I'm not entirely sure who ended up winning it, but they expected it to go for $5 million. So the fact it went for seven uh, says that there were there were a lot of uh, very keen bidders on that shirt. And You know, the funny thing, Smithy, is that World Cup in Mexico when Argentina got there, uh, because it was so hot, they had those old school jerseys that were quite heavy cotton, almost like a, a rugby mm. jersey. And so they, uh, the, the manager sent the kit man out to find 
some lightweight nylon jerseys for them to find. And he had to go um, literally to sports shops in Mexico and see if he could find 20 shirts that looked the same. And uh, so those weren't actually provided like we would see now by a Nike or an Adidas or someone. He actually went out and did that. And then he had to go and find somebody who would embroider the Argentinian logo on the shirts. And then he had to find numbers for them. And the only numbers he could find were uh, for American football shirts, which is why they had that, that style of number on the back. It wasn't, it wasn't um, deemed what need to be. So really, it's a patchwork shirt. It's not even really technically an official Argentinian shirt. It's just what they happen to play in at that World Cup. It's a staggering story. I had no idea about that. Uh, Ricardo, you are an absolute wealth of knowledge and when it comes to football, I've got to say. Hey, we can't leave the, the, the ladies out either. Uh, just briefly, the football ferns have uh, this morning announced a European tour for June. That's good news. Yeah, it's great news. Yeah, a couple of really good games against top opposition too. Uh, they play Norway and Oslo on the 25th or 26th New Zealand time. Uh, they're one place ahead of the Aussies in the, in the, in the world rankings and, and they're going really well in World Cup qualifying. So uh, that'll be a great test for them and uh, be a great watch for New Zealand fans. If you want to uh, watch them, um, Ada Hegerberg is pretty much the best female player in the world at the moment. Um, and she won the uh, Ballon d'Or a couple of years ago as well. Uh, she's back playing for them after a fallout with the coach, so she'll be part of that. And then they, they play the Welsh, who uh, are ranked below us. I think we're 22nd at the moment, Wales are about 31st, but Wales are on the up and up. So I've got a couple of players, uh, the captain plays for Chelsea, uh, and they've got a couple of uh, pretty good players playing around the place as well, and they're doing very well in their World Cup qualifying. So there'll be a couple of really challenging matches for the football firms, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing them play. Ricardo Ball, thank you as always uh, for all that news uh, and information regarding football around the world. Catch up with you next, uh, next week, mate. Uh, all the best with uh, yeah. the football you're watching this weekend. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Go well. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.